0: this little, I don't know if i want to call it an angst, but I've got this thing to where um, riding with people that are, you know, I'm riding in a car with people, they're driving, but yet they want to do sightseeing while they drive. And they almost take out like 10 mailboxes, you know what I'm talking about? And I was like, oh, I mean, I'm just drawn up the whole time. I'm just like... Oh God get me out of here, and then finally my personality can't take it any longer. I'm like listen. Hey Do you need me to drive you want to look I'll drive? And I just it's like, you know, they're just snatching the wheel constantly just about to run off the road all the time There's something else that sort of just boggles my mind as well that that I can't comprehend is That how is it a person that is not intoxicated, okay? because you just, I think you had to be intoxicated to do this, but this not intoxicated can run into an emergency vehicle parked on the side of the road with lights flashing. How, did that, how does that happen? I mean, like, you know, there is thousands of accidents that happen every year involving emergency vehicles that are on the side of the road with lights flashing that non-intoxicated people are doing. And I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And like, how did that happen? So I began to process this because this stuff bothers me, you know. But I'll tell you what I've discovered is that I'm, I'm beginning to have an understanding, hopefully you can too, is I'm beginning to understand this, that the same happens with me and with you with temptation. It's almost like the warning lights are flashing, right? Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But yet somehow we run right into it, don't we? Okay, don't sit there like you're an angel, okay? I know better than that. I know you, all right? And you know me. And so what I want to tell you, here's what I discovered, okay? I discovered the reason that all of those things happen, the person driving in the car, the society, why do they run off the road? I'll tell you why. It's the same reason the person running into that mercy vehicle, it's the same reason we give in the temptation. Here it is. You ready? I steer to where I stare. Mm Mm-hmm. You it's hey, it's true. You will do that like and, and, and you will steer to where you stare It's like no matter what like, you know, I used to ride these uh, road bikes uh, You know bicycles road bikes and I would be riding with a pack of guys and one time I wrecked my bike broke my collarbone You know why because I, I took my eyes off of where I was supposed to be going And I looked another direction And before you know it I hit something that I was down and broke my collarbone you, you will steer to where you stare. I will steer to where I stare. That's why emergency vehicles are run into because those people are just roam by the light, blinded by the light. Bam, run into a cop car. That's bad, isn't it, right there? Like, you know, you're hoping you don't ever run into a, uh, have an accident or something. You run into a cop car? Come on, man. You know, that's bad. And so I want you to know. So I want to, listen, I want to so much ingrain this in you today. I just want you to know my, my challenge today is this is I want to so much ingrain this, this statement into you so much that I hope tonight you get up talking in your sleep. I steer where I stare. I hope you wake people up in your house sleepwalking. I steer where I stare. Why? Because this principle, once you understand it, will keep you out of trouble and it will keep your life on course. Okay? You get that? All right, so let's say it together. You ready? Come on. I steer to where I stare. Let's say it again. You ready? I steer to where I stare. All right, so let's dive in. How to win over temptation. How many of you want to win over temptation? Anybody besides me? All right, good. The first thing I would say this is how to win over temptation. And Would you write this down? The first one is be realistic. Be realistic. The Bible we're going to talk about, the book of the Bible that we're talking from is the book of James, and it was written by Jesus' brother, okay? And remember, this guy didn't even believe that Jesus was a Messiah until Jesus got up out of the grave. When Jesus got up out of the grave, when you see him die on the cross, he see him get up out of the grave, he said, bro, I am sorry. I have messed up. You are the man, you know? And so when he saw that, then, but the thing about it, we call this series Blueprint, why? Because James gives us it's practical, it's like you can put this stuff to practice in your life. And so he says, be realistic, look what the verse number 13 of chapter 1 says of James. Would you read out loud those first two words, let's read them, you ready, come on. When tempted, okay, so notice what he said, it's not if, it's when, right? When tempted, no one should say, God is what? God is tempting me, no one should say that. Now, here's what I want you to know, is that we all are going to be tempted. Okay, let me say this to you. You have temptations. I have temptations. Every, all of God's children have temptations. This is a mistake that I made. When I was younger, I thought, you know what? Well, when I get older, I will not have temptations. I want you to know that you never outage temptation or not outgrow temptation. You understand that? Like, I was talking with some people years ago. This couple who was right at 90 years of age, and he said, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. He said, this temptation is almost too much to bear. Here he was almost 90 years old. I'm thinking, what? What temptation do you have at 90 years old? I wasn't, I went back then I wasn't bold enough to ask it. Now I'll probably say, listen, man, I got to know, you know. But at 90 years old, you think at 90 years old, my goodness, what what kind of temptation do you have at 90 years old? And this guy, he said, you know, I, I have temptation. So I want you to you never get old enough to have te- not have temptation. Here's something else I want you to know. You never get spiritual enough to where you don't have temptations. A lot of people think, you know, oh, you know, if I could just read the Bible more, I won't be tempted. Or if I can just pray more, I won't be tempted. And those are all good things. We should do those. But I'm telling you, that doesn't make you avoid temptation. Listen, Jesus was tempted. See, checking that out. Jesus was tempted. So it doesn't matter what kind of state you're in, you're always going to be, have temptations. You're always going to have those. So, um, so here's the deal. What I want to tell you is this, is that, that you have to know your weak spots. Because you are tempted, because we're all tempted, we have to admit that, and you've got to know your weak spots. Here, listen. The devil knows your weak spots. God knows your weak spots. The question is, do you know them? Do you know them? Because, listen. The key to overcoming temptation is admitting it, right? Admitting, I, I'm weak here. When you, listen, when you admit it, then you can avoid it. When you admit it, when you admit, I have a weak spot here, I'm tempted here. When you admit it, then you can avoid it. You cannot avoid what you will not admit. You have to learn to admit it in order to avoid it. Now, we have a saying at SEC that says this. Listen, if you don't want to get stung, stay away from the bees, right? Stay away from the bees. Listen, uh, this summer, it's pretty funny, around my house, Rhonda had been working in our island out there, you know, where the shrubs and so forth are, are at, and she'd come across some bees. She noticed that there were bees going in the base of that. They ended up being yellow jackets. So she told me about it, and because I am her hero. <laughs> so since I'm her hero, uh, I had no problem, babe, I got this, you're... Your man's got this. I go to Lowe's. I get me some of this uh, uh, wasp spray. You know, it's supposed to kill bees. And, I, I, and so I wait till Sunday afternoon, okay, because I'm thinking if I get stung, I want to give myself a week to heal before I see you. Because I don't want to walk in here, a fat lip now all jacked up. You know, like, what happened to you? I got stung. I didn't want to do that. So I had this can in my hand, and I, have my, I don't know why I have my phone in my hand. I don't know if I'm going to YouTube this or what. I don't know. But anyways, I realized my phone's in my hand. I was like, what do I do with that? So I slipped my phone in my back pocket. And then, now she's out there with me. She's watching, okay? I get down over the bush. I get real low. I take my hand here, and I brush the limbs back just like that. I get the can here, and you know, I'm about to spray. I mean, you know the thought goes, spray through your mind. You know, you know how you think about it right before you do it? And all of a sudden, I thought, spray. And I, was, I went... And, and before I masked the trigger, something lit me up on the backside. I mean, right on my back, just lit me up. I jumped about four feet in the air, and Rhonda's running too. My phone went off my back pocket. He <laughs> was on vibrating. I thought I got stung. <laughs> so I said, That's a sign from God. We're going to wait till the winter let him die. <laughs> let him go. So I have this on your card here. Look what it says. It's a next step I'd like for all of us to take. It says, I will, uh, I will admit my temptations to God and do my best to avoid it. Would you check that box? Because, listen, we, I want to pray for you. And, and why would I have you check a box? Because there's something that mentally happens that you envision this, your hand doing that, it reminds you to do it. It reminds you to do it. Okay. So how to win over temptation. Number two, would you write this down? Is be responsible. Be responsible. We go back to that same passage in James. Now look what it says here. He says, when tempted, now let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on. No one should what? No one should say, let's read those next four words. Ready? God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. And so what he's saying here is that we like to blame people for our troubles. When we're we're being tempted, we like to blame people. They made me do that. They made me so angry I went off and I did this. You know what I'm talking about? We like to blame other people. But James is saying we take it one step further is that we blame God. That we blame God. Now most of us don't go, God, this is your fault. You know, you just screwed this up, God. Most of us, we don't do that. We're too nice to do that, right? Maybe we're a little too fearful to do that too. But what we do is this. We will say, you know what? I'm not talking to my parents anymore. I'm just not going to talk to them anymore. And, you know, I prayed about it. In other words, we're saying because we prayed about it, that God gives approval to it. You see what I'm talking about? You ever hear somebody tell you something stupid and say, well, I prayed about it. Well, big deal. You know, said, someone said this to me before. You know, well, i tell you what. Well, I'm leaving my husband. I'm leaving my husband. I'm, I'm going to look me a better man because God told me I need a better man. Now, wait a minute. See how we put God on the end of what, on that stuff like that? We say, God told me to do this. God told, you know what? Well, I'm going to do this because, you know what? You, you know, God, God wanted me to do it. If God didn't want me to do it, He wouldn't give me a desire to do it. So I, I know God's okay with it. And we think just because we put God's name on the end of every, every problem that we have, temptation we have, that God's okay with it. And everybody else ought to be okay with it. No wonder some of our sinner friends don't want to come to God because God gets you in trouble, right? I mean, if you're doing all that, God gets get you in trouble. But here's what I want you to know. The Word of God is the will of God. So anything that you and I decide that we want to do that's outside of God's Word is never God's will. I don't care how many times you stamp His name behind it, it's still not His will. You see what I'm talking about? That makes sense to you? And so we have to understand that that it's not God's will just because we do that. Now, I want to give you, uh, let me say this before we go. Remember what we said? I steer to where I. Come on, let's say it again. You ready? I steer to where I stare. That's right. I steer to where I stare. Some of you are going to wake up in your college dorm and go, I steer to where I stare. People are going to freak out. Okay. All right, ready? Four ways. Four ways uh, we're tempted, and every one of us is tempted in these ways. I want to give them to you. Letter A. You ready? Would you write this down? Letter A is natural desires. Natural desires we all have natural desires. Now, look what James says here. He says in verse 14, each one is tempted to win by their own what? Evil desires. Now, let me explain that to you. Is that we have natural desires that are not evil, but they become evil. Like, like food, for example, is a good desire. It's good to, to eat, right? I like some of you are hungry right now, aren't you? So am I, yes we are. So you're like, hurry up pastor so we can go eat. Okay, I know what you're thinking. Then like having fun is a good desire, you agree with that? I mean that's good, we should all want to have fun. Uh, work is a good desire. Work is a good desire. Work is a good desire. Okay, there we go, yes, all right. It's a good desire to work. Sex is a good desire. How do you think, yes sir. <laughs> I got a brother with me now. and Amen. <laughs> it's good. It's a good desire. Money is a good desire. Having money is a good desire. All, all those things are natural desires. But how do they become evil? It's when I become obsessed with that. When I, come, when I become obsessed with food, guess what? All of a sudden, I have medical issues. Diabetes. Uh, diabetes, um, uh, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, all that stuff. When I become obsessed with having fun, then guess what? I don't want to work. I don't want to do nothing else. I just want to have fun all the time. And it becomes bad. You know what? Become obsessed with work. The same thing with work. When I become a workaholic, I ruin relationships around me because I work all the time and it destroys things. Sex, again, sex is a great thing. In The context of marriage is fantastic. But let me tell you something. Outside of that, it will get you in trouble. And, and listen, like pornography and all that stuff, it ruins the real. Oh, let me say that again. It ruins the real. It's not real, and, and it, will not, it, it, will, it will cause you to never have intimacy with the person that you want to live the rest of your life with. So what is it so the devil has a way of taking those natural desires, making us obsess over one of those desires, and when we do that, then it blows it out of proportion. Are you are you tracking with me? Does that make sense to you? And so we have to watch that. Okay. And then so the second way that we're all tempted, letter B, and that is this: is deception. Is deception. Notice what what he says here. In James four one and fourteen. He says, each one is tempted when, by their own evil desires, they are what? Dragged away and enticed. Notice that. We're dragged away and enticed. So let me get, these are sportsman's terms. In other words, like a, a, a dragged away means it's like a hunter going out and setting a, a cage up to trap an animal. And, and they set that cage up, put the bait in there. And the animal comes in and gets in, lodged inside of that case. And guess what? And that hunter dragged that case off. So that's what, that's what it means. It means that they're dragged away. Dragged away, or it means that they're caught in something, okay? So that's, that's, that's what our evil desire does. That's what the devil prompts us to do. He uses another tactic, which is a, he says, in this passage right here, it says enticed. That simply means this. It means lure, that, that means like to draw you in. Okay. How many of you have ever been fishing? Anybody ever been fishing before? Okay, right? What do you put on the hook? Bait, right? Okay now they have something that you don't have to use like a worm anymore You can use something else called a lure look a fishing lure it looks like this like one looks like this This is one that we found uh, This is not a special one. I don't guess but what I'm saying is it's, it's fake it looks like bait, but it's really not. Like you and I know that's nothing but plastic and, and some little strings, right? That's all it is. But guess what? To that fish. Ooh. Ooh, that thing goes in the water, and that fish's like, whoa, yeah, 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 gotta have it. And all the, it gets all excited, right? I mean that, that fish gets all excited, and then it goes and attacks that lure, thinking it's bait, thinking it's something good to eat, right? And the Bible says that's exactly the way our temptations look to us sometimes. They allure us. It's like it looks really, really good. You know, and the thing about that, that uh, artificial bait is you've got to move it around. It'll just start dancing around, and it gets more and more attractive to that fish until it's got to have it. And guess what? That fish will come and grab that, that little phony thing that it thought was real. And then, But it, what it doesn't know, and what you can't see is it's got a hook in it. And so once you've given in that allurement, then it hooks you, and then it's got you, right? And that's the way temptation is. Temptation is alluring. It looks, it looks great, but, but the devil always makes it seem better than it is. It's fake. It's not that great. And so he tries to lure. So I want to ask you this question. What does the devil use to allure you with? In your mind, what is it? Because you've got to know. Remember we said you have to admit it in order to avoid it you got to find out, what is that? What is, he, what is he using to do that with? And remember, it's always got a hook in it. That's why you say, I'm hooked on this, and I'm hooked on that. And remember, your natural desires, you become obsessed with it. That means you've got to get a hook in your mouth, or a hook in your desires. And so, um, remember that. Okay, remember what we said? I steer to where I... Say it again, you ready? I steer to where I stare. And so so will you. I steer to where I stare. Okay, number three is this. The the third thing is this, is obedience, or disobedience. I'm sorry, disobedience. Disobedience. Going back to that same verse again, look what it says. Then after desire has what? Conceived, like, like a baby's been conceived. Like it's been conceived, it gives birth to what? To sin now what is sin here's what i'm telling you sin is sin is anything the bible says is wrong anything the bible says is wrong the bible says this is wrong and if we go do it anyway when we know what the bible says the bible says we're committing sin it's sin and and, and so we have to know what that is so we, it's sin now what i want to tell you is this is how does this work because this, this look watch. If you want to win this temptation, if you want to win over temptation, then here's what we have to do. We have to understand how it works, and here's how it works for you and me. It all starts right here. I begin to think about what I, what's not right. It becomes a lure. I begin to see it. Something, how it pops up. I see it. I see it in my mind, and then after I see it in my mind, all of a sudden. I begin to move one step closer, and that is I begin to fantasize about it. What fantasizing means, it means I can see myself doing what I'm thinking. You know what happens when you do that? When you think it, and then you move to the next part of fantasizing, that means that you're surrendering your will. Because remember, I don't, my will doesn't want to do it, but when I begin to fantasize it, then I become willing to do it. And when you become willing to do it, you will do it. So I think it, I fantasize about it, and then I end up doing it. Now, let me just share this with you. That's what advertising is all about. Listen, when you are watching television or you're going down and seeing billboards, what they're trying to do is get you to think about their product and then fantasize about it in order to do it. Now, listen, I, it gets me and it gets you. It works. Yesterday, I was watching the Georgia game. Yes. I'm watching the game and there's an advertisement that comes on about the latest iPhone. And mine is sitting right beside me. And I realized after watching that that this poor iPhone has had many, many birthdays. And that it's outdated. And I, I've never thought about it before because it still does what I you know, needed to do. But all of a sudden, after watching those advertisements, I could just see myself with a new iPhone. You know what I'm talking about? So it's luring me in. But I'll tell you, you know what? Since I'm not a techno geek, I'm like, ah, shoot, it still does what I want it to I'm good. But then, see, I don't watch a lot of television until football comes on. And they know that, especially we men, are tuning in. Because they did something yesterday. Oh, they got me. I'm watching that game, and then all of a sudden a commercial comes on for a new F-150 pickup truck. I saw that truck, man, I'm telling you what, it was. A, it's the official truck of the Georgia Bulldogs too, by the way, Ford <laughs> F-150. All of a sudden, I begin to think, that old car I got in the garage, I don't. that thing's getting old. It's got a little dent in it, you know. It, it, Rhonda got another one, I need to get one. <laughs> I began to think like, and then I started fantasizing about it. I saw myself sitting behind that wheel, that truck, looking good. See, see, and then I start, started thinking about it, I'm gonna get one. I said, "Ron, I'm gonna get one." She said, "No, you ain't." And I said, "Okay." <laughs> but I, I'm a sucker for that, and so are you. And, and to just show you, I have went I, those two examples. I just stopped at fantasizing, but I did something years ago. I'm gonna tell you about it. I'm ashamed of, but I went one step further. Is that years ago? You know, I was a little bit heavier than I am now. Uh, you know, I don't drink, so I never had a beer belly, but I had a chicken coop. And that's what that, means. that means the preacher eats chicken. That's what it is. That's what it means. So, so I decided that I wanted to get my abs. I wanted a six-pack abs. That's what I wanted. And so I didn't want to work out. I didn't want to do all this stuff. And I saw this advertisement. It simply said, if you order this belt and you put this belt on, you can walk around your house and it will exercise your abs for you and, and you, you know, just the belt will do all the work. So I went and purchased that belt. I put that belt on, put the battery pack in, and that should have been my clue right there. I put the battery pack in, and it said, you know, and I thought, well, you know what? I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna brush my teeth and, and, and give me some abs. So I'm standing in the mirror, got my toothbrush ready, and by the time I'm gonna show show to look, I'm I'm gonna brush my teeth and do my abs. I hit that button on that thing, and that thing popped me in the bottom, it popped me in the top, <laughs> popped me. It was a it was an electrical shock. He was hitting me back. My stomach was jumping, and and I was. Brushing my teeth. There was fire between my teeth. Heck, get this thing off of me. I sent that sucker back. True story, by the way. So what I'm telling you is we begin to think it. And then if we begin to fantasize about it, we'll make it much better than it is. And then we'll do it. We'll do it. We have to be very careful. Here's what, here, listen, before we move on, we'll listen to this. What you flirt with, you will fall for. What you flirt with, you will fall for. Nothing, you didn't mean it. So many people say, I didn't mean to do that. I, didn't, I don't know how it got here, I don't how it got here. I'll tell you how. We start flirting with it. And then we end up falling for it. Okay, letter D. The fourth way that we're tempted, letter D, is this, is death. Death. I'll explain that. James one and five says this, or one and fifteen says this. Then after the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, let's read the last four words. You ready? Come on. Gives birth to death. Okay. I got to explain this because some people think, you know, you've heard all your life that sin kills. Sin will kill you. Well, we think it's a physical death. Like, okay, you know what? If, If I look at something I shouldn't look at, if I do something like this, then, then you know, I'm going to die. No, 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 no. You don't die physically at this point. Now, fully blown, it can kill you. But what happens is, it kills something in you. When you're doing something that you know God does not want you to do, guess what? You, your self-respect begins to die. You don't, you don't like you as much anymore. Here's why. Because you can never be you as long as you're living in sin you just can't be you you can't be the real you so the you real you can't be alive and here's what I'm telling you is as your heart begins to die something in your heart begins to die too meaning meaning that if your heart is torn you can never love someone wholeheartedly if you don't have all your heart does that make sense to you because it's torn and so your your peace begins to die It kills your peace. Why? Because peace only comes from a relationship with God. And when you're willfully living in sin, you can never, ever have that peace with God. You can't have it. And so I want to tell you, so sin kills. You have to understand, it kills. And in the end, the Bible says that it actually can take us out because it separates us from God. Now, here's the good news. The good news is is that Jesus Christ came and died on a cross for our sins so that we can have power over sin. Now, how does that work? How do we have power over sin? I'll tell you why. Is that you, when you ask Christ into your life, this still, small voice begins to come alive inside of you. Like, listen, to give you an example. This lady, I read the story of this lady one time who was on the street and she said, she met these people and they was like saying, hey, you know, Jesus loves you. You want to get saved? She said, sure. Yeah, sure. I do. She prayed the prayer, and they said, okay, old things are passed away, all things are new. She said, oh, great. She said, she went home and looked in the mirror. Nothing different. Woke up the next morning before she went to work, looked in the mirror, said, nothing She said, I guess that didn't work because nothing different about me. But she went, she drove to work that day, and she went to put her hand on the doorknob to go into that place of business that she worked at, and for the first time, she felt like she shouldn't be there at that abortion clinic. She felt, all of a sudden, it felt something's wrong here. And so what I'm telling you is this, is that you know, is that that's what sin does? Is that we got to have Jesus in our heart to tell us what's right and wrong. And so, having Christ in your life, He gives you the power to overcome that. Because when you're about to, when you're about, when you're thinking about doing wrong, and you're being lured over here, just like this thing's shaking over here, saying, "Come and get me." There's something on this side over here saying, "No, no, no, you don't want to do that. It will hurt you and harm you." And that's the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you through Jesus Christ. And he draws you back. And some of you, like me, have stepped over the line many times and we've done something wrong. And the reason that we're back today is because Jesus drew us back. Your friends that did that wrong with you are still going down a wrong track. And they're messed up, jacked up, and and their life is going down the wrong path. But you, you, he called you back. And you said, God, I'm sorry. And you're no longer that person anymore. And listen, you have a relationship with Christ Jesus. Amen. So without him, without him, oh, listen to this. God never intended your life to be a DIY project. He never intended for you to do it yourself. Your life is not a fixer-upper for you. It's a fixer-upper for him. And so the only way to do this is through Jesus Christ. And there's a prayer inside of our program right here. We put it there every week so that you can read it and you can say, God, that's me. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to come forward. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to do it. Right now, where you are, say, God, that's me. I need you. And he'll hear your prayer. The only thing we ask you to do is on the back of this card is check it. It says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. Okay. All right. Remember what we said? What? I steer to where I... Come on, say it with me. Ready? I steer to where I stare here to where I stare. So that, that brings us to the last thing I want to tell you. This is, this is it. This is, this is home plate right here. L- number three is be refocused. Be refocused. I want you to know that you have to do something that James tells us to do. He tells us all that stuff, that heavy stuff. Now he tells us how to, how to really work this out. Look what it says. James 1 and 17, 18. Look at this. Look at these first two words. Let's read it. You ready? Come on. Every Okay, remember, he's, now he's starting to tell us how good God is. Every good and perfect gift is from where? Coming down from the who? Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows, who chose to give us birth through the what? Word of truth. Word of truth. Okay, here it is. How, how do I do it? When this is all happening, oh, man, you got to get this. Okay, you got to tune in, tune in, tune in. When I'm being lured, and you get lured, and I get lured. Every one of us, we're getting lured. There's something over here that draws us. We're tempted. When I'm being tempted, and I'm being lured in, he says in that moment, if when you recognize that you're being lured in, if you can change your focus from that temptation, remember it starts here, if you can change your focus from here to God. How do you do that? He says through the word of truth. In other words, what the Bible says maybe you can't quote verses but maybe you've heard the grandma say something or you've heard me say something or you know it's in the bible at that moment you begin to quote something like this you know if god be for me who can be against me i'm turning my attention you know i am more than a conqueror through him who loved me amen all things are possible with god see that God you said you would never leave me nor forsake me God you said that you've got my hand and that you're taking care of me God you said that you would be with me no matter what and Lord right now I'm in the middle of this temptation it's drawing me no pray while you're tempted when you when you're about to give in, you know it. When you're about to look at something you shouldn't look at, when you're about to send that person a text message that you know you shouldn't send it, you you're being tempted and you're feeling it. I mean that war is going on. If that moment, if you'll just say, "God, I know that you are with me, and you will turn, and He will deliver you out of that mess." You you gotta see oh we don't want to we don't want to talk to God when we're tempted do we we feel dirty we feel nasty we feel like we're letting him down we feel like he don't want us anymore I'm telling oh you gotta get it oh see oh, oh it's like you know picture yourself calling me when you're tempted hello Pastor Jeff right now I'm about to look at pornography I'm like oh. oh. Pastor Jeff, I'm about to go in and cuss somebody out. Whoa, oh Pastor Jeff, I'm about to tell the lie of my life. Whoa, You know, you could just go on and on and tell me whatever it is. But guess what? I don't know until you tell me. And I'm not there with you. So listen, it doesn't work to call me. Here's what I want you to know you know what and you might feel shame by telling me because I don't know until you tell me I don't know what I know I don't know what I don't know until you tell me but I want to tell you this about God he already knows what he already knows because he's right there with you in the temptation. He's right there. You, he's, not in the, he's not way off somewhere. No, right there while you're in the temptation. He already knows that he already knows what you're going through. He knows what you're thinking. He knows how bad it is. And so right there, it ain't like you got to call him down. He's already there. And so you say, God, I know, Lord, I'm about to stick this needle in my arms. God, it's on my skin. I, I, I need help. Lord, you've got to help me. And it's amazing how when you start talking to him, how the Holy Spirit of God will come in and something will happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can overcome it. He'll pull you out. He moves the mountains, like we said, right? Mm-hmm. The last thing is this. Is if you can't think of a scripture, you just think how good God is. God, you're so good. I feel so bad. I feel so dirty right now, but God, you're still so good. And you begin to think, Him even in the middle of your life, I know this sounds crazy, doesn't it? It just sounds nuts because you don't want to think about God when you're being tempted, right? But I'm telling you, that's the time to think about Him, that you can get out. We're talking about winning. You're not going down anymore. You have been victimized, but today you're going to be a victor. Amen? You're devil you're not taking us down anymore we know your schemes and you are not taking us down anymore we're gonna win amen hi this is Pastor Jeff again I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message if you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church simply go to our website at secview.net. again that's secview.net, and click the give tab we want to thank you again for being with us today God bless you